Well, this, the scoreboard said I lost today, but what the scoreboard doesn't say is what it is I have found. Alongside Parsa Sammy, and we're here this week to preview the Wimbledon Championships. Before we begin this week's show, let's introduce our co-host Parsa. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. I, I'm looking forward to discussing Wimbledon, and uh, can't wait to watch some super exciting matches and and figure out what's going on in this tennis world. You know, is it is it going to be the uh, the great Djokovic, or is it going to be the you know, new young upstarts that are finally here. Um, I, I can't wait to find out and look forward to discussing it with you. For sure. So, I mean, listen, it's been a, it's been an interesting year to say the least. Djokovic didn't play a little bit at the beginning, even though he won Australia. Nadal's done for the season. Uh, he just had hip surgery and he's been doing some media events in the last little while. And uh, Alcaraz has been playing great. Just won his first career grass court event uh, last week in Queens. Djokovic has been relaxing. Just got to Wimbledon a couple of days ago, and he's practicing, getting ready to go. So it's going to be interesting to see how the men's draw develops, and if those two are on a crash course uh, to meet in the finals. Then we have on the women's side, we have Iga Swiatek, who's coming off of her fourth uh, Grand Slam um, victory, and but grass is not her best surface. So then how does she respond, right? You know, um, Rabikino, who's the defending champion, is not playing that great. She's coming off of some injuries and illness. Anz Jabir is not playing that well. Again, she's also coming off of some injuries and illness. So I'm really not sure how how, how it's going to work out on the women's side. You know, does a veteran like Petra Kvitova come out of nowhere again and win her third ever, you know, Wimbledon title. She's already a Hall of Famer, but, you know, she'll add to that legacy. Or will we have somebody like Coco Goff, you know, finally break through and win, and win her maiden career Grand Slam. So that's all ahead on uh, this, this week's show, Parsa. Um, but just a couple quick, uh, you know, just let's just go through a couple point forms here, see, see what you think. Can anybody stop Djokovic in this fortnight? I mean, the guy's red hot. You know, grass is arguably his best surface, along with hard courts. He's just coming off of his third career French Open title. He's won every Grand Slam now three times, and he's coming in. I mean, I don't think he's got a worry in the world now. He broke Nadal's record. He's got 23 majors. He's probably feeling really good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I don't think there's a, a stopping of, of Djokovic uh, this fortnight. I think it's going to be... Uh... You know, his title to lose, per se. Um, you know, it's interesting uh, watching Roland Garros um, in its entirety and seeing how it fizzled out or played out. Um, there's still that one thing with Djokovic that Nadal has uh, and Federer had, and it's, it's that ability to suffer. It's still there. Um, and the guys that he's competing against, 
still don't have that yet. And you saw that very apparently in the semifinal in Roland Garros with Carlos Alcaraz, who is probably, and I don't know if this is debatable, but he's probably more electric than Djokovic. He can come up with more craziness and athleticism and all sorts of things. The only one thing that's missing is that gear that says, all right, you know, I'm going to stay here for five hours and I'm going to make you suffer with me and let's make it into a suffering battle. You know, Murray had that as well, Nima. Um, so I think without any player yet able to match the year after year ability to suffer that, that Nadal had, that even Federer later in his career didn't have, um, you know, that Nadal has and, and, you know, where they go toe to toe and they have to put the chair at the, at the final ceremony because they can't stand anymore. There's no one that can go toe to toe with Djokovic. And although it means less at Wimbledon, um, it still means something. And I, I, I think there isn't that traditional grass court player that can necessarily throw him off his game and take it to him per se. Um, let's say like a Federer could, um, you know, and, and serve lights out and follow it up with a forehand and a good volley. So I think it's Djokovic's to lose to in a long winded way of answering your question. Yeah, and and I just I don't see. I mean, you know, we'll get to you know we can pretty much talk about Kyrgios right now. I mean, he had obviously a great fortnight. He was a little fortunate. I think deep down inside, he knows that Nadal got injured. That's not an easy task to beat Nadal in good form in the semifinals of a Grand Slam. So he didn't have to play that match. Uh, and then he took the first set off of Djokovic, and then he lost in four. Pretty much hasn't done much since then. Uh, I mean, he had a great summer, don't get me wrong. My worry for Nick, and we talked about this before we got on air, is that he's coming in, played only one match, lost first round of Stuttgart, uh, hasn't played since then. He hasn't, hasn't played since last, like, October. Coming into last year's Wimbledon, he was in good form, right? He had a good Indian Wells. He had a good Miami. He played well in Stuttgart. He played well in the other grass court tune-up. He even played a match in Mallorca. So he was coming in with some form, with some matches. He had beat a bunch of top 10 players relatively easily. Comes into Wimbledon, almost loses first round, if you remember. Five sets to Job, I believe his name is. G-J-U-B-B. Um, and, I mean, listen, like, and then he goes and he starts playing better and better and he makes the finals. He obviously, the way Kyrgios is, he's like, yeah, I'm the best grass court player in the world. Like, nobody can stop Djokovic except for me. And listen, maybe he's not wrong. Yeah, he's but not wrong. At this point, at this point, here and today, considering like he always talks about I don't need to play a lot of matches. Again, he's not wrong, but it's relative. You've played one match, right? Has he has if he had played fifteen matches this year, I would have said, Okay, yeah, he's played some matches, made a couple quarters of semis, you know, he beat a couple top ten guys. He's he has something to fall back on. He's got nothing right now. And he's playing David Goffin who is a rough customer. I don't care even if he's not in peak form anymore in the first round. You don't want to play David Goff. And the guy's super silky, great mover, really good returns. You know, he moves well on every surface. And I, I don't know what's going to happen there. But I think if I was a betting man, I would say that 2022 was the best you'll ever see again from Nick Kyrgios. Now, I'm not saying that he can't have one more good run in him. But... Listen, I, it's just so, so hard, and he's getting older, and he had a surgery. 
and everybody's making a big deal out of his surgery. I really don't think it was that big of a surgery. I just don't think that he has the work ethic necessary to recover from that type of a surgery as quickly as a guy like Taylor Fritz did. If you remember a couple of years ago, playing the French, screwed up his knee, had surgery. Three weeks later, he was playing Wimbledon. So, I mean, it really depends on the athlete, right? It really depends on the demeanor of who you're talking about. And I, again, I'm not here, you know, dogging Nick. You know, again, I'm going to say it one more time. Love the guy. Been a big fan for years. Ten years I've been following this guy. But I just feel I'm a little bit tired of, you know, keeping, you know, defending the guy year in and year out. Even though I would love to see him play well, I would love to see him play Djokovic in the quarters here. I just really don't think it's, it's going to happen. Um... But moving gears now to a player who, you know, another electric show, show-stopping type of guy, box office, is Francis Tiafo, American that you know pretty well. What do you think of his chances, Farsa? I mean, he's top 10 player now. He's playing really good. He's play, playing the best tennis of his life after the semifinals in the U.S. Open. Is he the guy, you know, you had some, you know, some good words for him before we got on air. Have we seen the best of Francis? Is he going to continue to be a threat here? Can he make the semis? Can he bother a guy like Djokovic and Alcaraz? You know, what, what do you see in his future here? Yeah, I mean, I, I see him heading towards being a pain in the in the behind um, because he's he's not going to give up. Um, he's going to continue to battle, and he's an electric shot maker. And so you just sort of never know what you're going to get out of him. Um, you know, the, the knock on him was he was very volatile mentally, um, but you can see it, it's changing. Uh, Wayne Ferrer has been able to get into him. He's been taking it more seriously and uh, the results are speaking for themselves. You know, he's consistently there in, in the end of tournaments and um, I think it's going to continue. Um, I think the results, I don't think it's going to be sudden though. I, I think he's now top 10. Um, I think the next goal is the top five. I think he'll get there. Um, and in order to get there, you have to reach a semi or be a regular in the semis of, of a Grand Slams. And so... I would say that almost on any surface, he's going to be a threat um, in order to get there. And, and he's just going to be a tough customer and a tough out. It's a guy that's a professional. You're going to have to beat him over over five sets. And, um, you know, you're going to have to be one heck of a player in order to do so. Um, and I think that's what his his sort of ceiling is. And I, and I think he's that kind of guy like... Um, it wouldn't shock me if he has a, a couple good weeks, like let's say like a Vavrinka did or whatever it is, where he plays good matches sporadically and then, you know, competitive, exciting matches. And then all of a sudden for two weeks, he puts it all together, gets an opportunity and wins a slam. Um, I, I can see that happening, um, you know, but I think that's the ceiling for him. I think it's pretty clear. He's clearly willing to put in the work and and, and continue to, to make noise. Um and I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Not with that mindset, Nima. That's good. And I, and I like his coach too, you know, Wayne Ferreira, consummate professional. I saw a little bit of the breakpoint stuff that, you know, behind the scenes that you don't really see too much. Yep. And I like how, you know, Wayne Ferreira, I think he's good for TFO. TFO is a bubbly guy. He's a very friendly guy, always smiling, wants to be everybody's friend. You know what I'm saying? But you got, like you said a few years ago, I mean, this guy's got... He's super talented. I mean, sometimes early on, you were like, this guy's a bit of a pusher or whatever. But listen, he's got a huge forehand. His backhand's really good. He's super athletic. Serve, can serve easily over 130, 135. I mean, you know, he's like very, very fast. 
so he's got a lot of you know tools in the toolbox, right? Uh, it's just about putting it putting it all together. So it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting to see how he is, and I think he's great for American tennis. He relates, uh, you know, to a lot of people. You know, the American dream is personified within his you know narrative, and I think that it's going to be interesting to see how he does during this fortnight. With that being said, let's jump right into the draw previews. Let's get to the women's draw. Um, obviously, led by Iga Swiatek. As we had mentioned, Parson, nice, uh, you know, a couple good matches here. One being in this section is uh, Venus Williams versus uh, Svitolina. So I've heard through the grapevine, I'm going to say on air right now that this is going to be Venus Williams's last year on tour. I've heard from a very reliable source. Again, don't quote me on that, but it looks like it's going to happen. U.S. Open is going to be her final tournament, uh, so which would mean that this is going to be her final Wimbledon. You never know. I'm not saying it's going to 100% happen, but I'm pretty sure that this is the last time you're going to see her in England playing as a professional player, uh, and that's a rough first round. I mean, Svitolina, for me, was one of my dark horses. Like She's really liked what I saw from her at the French Open, coming back as a mother and you know playing incredible tennis. Uh, you know, very good player. You know, Grass is not her best surface, and but I mean, listen, Venus is 43 now, and she just loves to play. You know, she's just got the love for the game. She's got enough money, enough accolades, seven-time major winner, Hall of Famer, but I think that's one to pencil in. Hopefully it sees center court, which I would be shocked if it didn't. But nevertheless, I don't see either of them, you know, being able to beat one of the top, top players in the event, but you never know. Um, and for that reason, in this section, in this half, I have uh, Sviantek facing Coco Goff in the semifinals. Um, and then I'll give you my bottom half as well, too. I have uh, Kvitova and Sabalenka making the semis. And I have actually Kvitova winning her third Wimbledon title. I know it's a bit of a long shot. She's you know not fresh as a daisy anymore, but she wanted a warm-up event coming in, plays well on grass, has always kept a very you know fresh perspective. And as we know, the women's tour is very up and down. I mean, Sviantek is right there as the clear number one, but grass is not her best surface. And even though she's playing you know well in a warm-up event in Germany this weekend, uh, going into this weekend, I still feel that Wimbledon is a different animal. And uh, that's why I'm going with uh, Kvitova to win the title. And I'll give you my dark horse as well, too. It was the same dark horse, Parsa, if you remember, for the French. And that's American Alicia Parks. Even though she lost first round in the French, still really like what I'm seeing from her. And I think that grass is, is a good service for her. And I think she can do some good things here. So I'll let you take it away with your uh, women's preview. Yeah, so uh, me for me, Suantec is... Uh... She's the clear number one. And then seeing that break point and seeing that they don't mess around, they're going to grass, clay, asphalt, whatever it is, they're trying to win everything. So yeah. I think that's going to go a long way. Um, and I don't yeah. see any threats in her in her section. So um, maybe Bencic if she gets there. Yeah. Um, but I like her to advance to the semifinal um, where I feel like she's going to face um, most likely, you know, but who knows with the women's game, as you've alluded to. Yes. I think someone like uh, Donna Vekic can, can make a little bit of noise um, and, and get out there and, and make some people uncomfortable. Um, you know, and why? Just because I'm throwing it out, because you have to have a wild card in the women's game. Um, so I got Vekic there. Um, 
in the in the bottom or the top half of the draw. In the bottom half, you know, I, I really I don't disagree with you with um with Kvitova. Um I just don't know if I believe in her enough at this point. Um but I feel like the serve is gonna be so big. <clears throat> um and I feel like it's gonna be her and, and Ribikina in, in the uh quarterfinal. And I do think Ribikina is gonna gonna take that. Um so I'm gonna have Ribikina there. Um and in the bottom half I'm gonna have Sabalenka advancing. Um, and I, I just think it's going to be Ribikina again in the final, and, um, uh, and I'm going to have her playing Iga, and, and I think uh, Iga's going to manage to find her way, and I think she's going to win Wimbledon, Nima, believe it or not. I think she's the best player, yeah. and I think she's going to be so dominant, and I think she, we're going to be talking about Iga, Iga, Iga for the next 10, 12 years. Um, <clears throat> that's how good and athletic she is, and I did watch some of her grass court tune-up, and you can see her getting better and better, choosing, like one thing I noted, a pattern that everyone can have fun watching, is she's now being almost exclusively aggressive on her backhand down the line. And when she gets the opportunity and sets the point up, she's ripping that thing. Um, and she's going for it and she's, she's benefiting from it. She's getting a reward by going flat up the line. Um, and that's an adjustment that you do make as you progress more on grass because grass is not a surface that you play on as a junior really or that you focus on and so as a as a professional when you have four weeks or five weeks on on grass you sort of there's a learning curve there and I I think she's in that process right now and if it's not this year she's gonna win Wimbledon Nima you can mark my words for that um because she's only gonna get better so yeah as you know uh, Matt Zvielander actually had a great uh, great line a couple days ago in his commentary, he said that, listen, Sviantec is not a natural grass board player, but I don't think she's looking at winning seven Wimbledon titles. Can she win one? Absolutely. Can it be this year? Definitely. So I think that that's, uh, you know, I agree with Matt's on that one. Like it's, listen, she's, she's got what it takes. There's no question about it. I mean, it's a bonafide professional when you're modeling yourself after Rafael Nadal and his, you know, the way he goes about his business and just the great champions in general, you know, you got a, a serious player and she really looks like she loves it. And I love what her coach said in Breakpoint. He said, listen, we're not, we're not tourists and we're not, we're here to win everything. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's, exactly. I like that. Yep. Right. You know, imagine like Nick Kyrgios had that mentality. Imagine like these young, everybody had that mentality. You know, you're not there to take a couple Instagram pictures, like and buy a new dress or a new watch. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're there to like win the tournament. So I really think that, you know, she's got what it takes. And I'd love to see her win it because she's, you know, th- the thing, like, it's kind of a double-edged sword because I respect her so much as a player and, and her work ethic and her personality. I do, you know, honestly think she's very boring, though, in terms of a marketability standpoint. I don't think she gravitates towards fans as much. What can happen, though, is when you become so great, you kind of transcend that anyways. People are like, you're, you're awesome. It doesn't matter if you're boring, if you're super exciting, whatever it is, you're winning, right? And winning is something that people want to be around and be, be associated with, right? So I think that's kind of the direction that she's going to take. Because it's not like, you know, like a Serena or a Sharapova where you're, you're just getting, you know, fans, you're, you know, like a Federer, you know what I'm saying? Like the charisma for me is lacking. She's a sweet girl, very, very nice, very humble, but I just don't think she's got, you know, kind of like a Casper Root. You know, Casper Root's a great player, 
Obviously, he's not a Grand Slam winner, but he's not bringing in new fans to tennis. He just doesn't, in my opinion, and I'm saying this very, you know, like neutral. I'm not, I have nothing against the guy or even Chirantek, but I just, I just don't think he's got, you know, the marketability. You know, like Kyrgios does or a TFO or a Federer and Nadal. And she might, right? She might over time. She might just develop, uh, you know, because she's such a great champion, you know. And, um, you know, I, I, she is a little bit whatever, you know, you know, maybe quieter, maybe not as controversial, and, um, you know. But I think her play is really exciting. I love watching her play, and you haven't heard me say that over all these years of podcasts, um, of watching a ton of players. There's, there's only a handful, and I like watching Ego play. Um, and ironically, I like Jessica Pugula, too. I like watching her play. Um, I like how she plays differently a little bit, takes the ball early, short backswings. Um, so those two players uh, on the women's tour are, are a little bit more fun for me. Um, you know, and, if, and, and I look forward to see what happens in the next two weeks. For sure. Okay, jumping now into the men's draw, we have Carlos Alcaraz, who's, listen, Carlos has had a fantastic season. Parsley has won tournaments on every surface, big tournaments. And now he heads into Wimbledon, like what he said, where he said, listen, you know, this is a tournament that I've wanted to win since I was a kid. Um, and listen, he's, he's ready to go. He's going to give it everything that he's got. He's got a couple of tricky guys who are grass court players uh, in his section, like uh, um, a lot of Frenchmen, actually. Yep. If you look at his broad forces, like he's almost playing in France. Uh, um, and he's got Chardy, who... I think he's pretty much on his last legs, Charlie. I think he's in on a protective ranking or something because I haven't seen him all year. And he's there. I don't... Big serve, big forehand. Uh, but I think that Carlos is going to chop him up pretty quickly. Um, and then maybe in the third round, Hubert is, uh, listen, really nice player. I'm surprised he hasn't done better in his career because I really like his game. Very professional guy. Then we've got Nicholas Jerry, who's massive serve. You know, the kind of recreation of Juan Martin Del Potro here with, uh, you know, huge forehand, big six foot six, seven guy, um, and pardon me, Chilean. Um, and uh, so he's he's going to be dangerous. And then you got Zareb lurking, who obviously can serve the lights out. Um, and then we have Dimitrov, who's a former semifinalist here. We have TFO, Alex Dinamir, uh, Berrettini. So there's a lot of guys who could do some damage here, but... For me, I think uh, you know Alcaraz is good to make the semis, and and probably I think a guy who's actually very you know we don't we talked about in our preview coming in that there's not a lot of grass court players. Well, I think you know Sebastian Corda is a very natural grass court player. He doesn't have complicated grips. He's got a big serve, very good mover. He can volley. He's very like efficient you know his whole everything about him is efficient from his energy resource to his everything that he's got i mean people are going to say well he choked and he's done this and he whatever but listen how old is this guy how many times has he been in the moment right like give him some time to develop i like him way better than like in og aliasim or dennis shapovalov the two canadians right like in long term i think this guy's going to be you know a, a, a big player he's going to be top five he's going to be right there um, so I like him and Alcaraz to face off in the semifinals and then in the bottom half like, let's just put Djokovic right there because first of all he's got a cupcake draw part, so I don't know if we've seen Djokovic's draw but he's going right to the I don't think he's going to lose a set uh, he's going right to the semis and then I actually like Taylor Fritz 
to be his opponent in the final four. I think Fritz, again, was, you know, inches away from making, uh, you know, the semis last year against Nadal. Uh, he lost that match in the quarters. Again, I like everything about Taylor. I think he plays a lot, but I, I, and I questioned that a little bit, Parsa, coming into this season. Like, this guy's playing all these XOs. He's playing every week. Played yeah. last week, too. He lost first round to Tommy Paul in Eastbourne. But I'm like, I think he can handle it, Parsa. He's got the type of mentality and the body. He's put him to work. You know what I mean? I think this guy lives and breathes tennis. You know, he's got his girlfriend with him on, the two, on you know, week in and week out. He's got a good coaching staff. I think he just really loves the whole process. And, you know, he's got a good perspective on everything. And listen, he's not the best athlete, but he works super hard. He's got a massive game. Looks like he's fit. And why not make semis, but obviously playing Djokovic, just playing Djokovic. And I don't think that he's going to be able to, uh, you know, defeat the Serb. And it's going to be a, probably it's going to be, you know, an Alcaraz-Djokovic final. And again, it's going to be Djokovic defeating Alcaraz. And my dark horse is actually, you know, Talon Griekspor, who's a, a Dutch player. Definitely. plays really well on the, on the grass, yep. you know, has had really good results as of late so watch out for him but i'll leave it up to you now to uh, give us your men's brief yeah um like you said the the french quartet i think dangerous matchups i see in the top is uh, with alcaraz is you know yari i think is challenging um a, a huge serve and, and can play zverev is challenging berrettini looming a former finalist is challenging d Menor, who has been playing very well on grass very challenging so i think there is that is some section he's in, um, you know, not to mention TFO in a quarterfinal, um, you know, potentially looming. And, and, you know, unfortunately with Dimitrov at this stage of his career, he's good for a match or two. But, uh, you know, at later stage, he plays a class guy. He's losing. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, so, you know, and then there's also Holger who's in there in, in, uh, in that section as well. So. I think you've got quite a bit in a, in a stacked top drawer. Uh, you know, I think it could be Alcaraz coming through. Um, I, I hesitate with it because I'm not 100% certain about it, to be honest with you, Nima. Um, but for the, for the purposes of this draw, uh, I will have Alcaraz advancing. But I, I think he's going to be battered and bruised, and it wouldn't shock me if he's out in round three or four. Um, uh, you know, I think there are guys out there that can keep him out there and, uh, and make him suffer and... Who knows what he can and can't do uh, on the surface. So it remains to be seen. Um, in the lower or the, the second half of the top draw, um, I definitely like Korda. I, I think he's got the confidence. I like Nori, you know, being home. You know, we didn't talk about Milos, but Milos being lo lo looming around yeah, there is, is very, very dangerous. Who wants to play that? Um, you know, you've got Medvedev, who's just always around, who understands best of five. You've got Sisipas who... You know, his, I don't think his head is there um, at the moment. I think he's somewhere else. Um, you he's know, in love. He's in love, I guess. Uh, you know, and he's got, you know, team. And then he's got Murray looming, who's going to be very motivated by the, the by the crowd and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, there's going to be a surprise in this section. And I think that, believe it or not, I do think the quarterfinal is going to be uh, Murray versus um, Medvedev. And... Um, and I think I'm going to have a Medvedev advancing there. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a Cinderella story there um, with Murray. I think getting that far, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement. Um, I, hope so. I hope so. And then, uh, you know, in the next section, um, 
you know, it's wide open section, this section, um, you know, anything can happen. Um, I think the class player in this, in this <clears throat> particular section is, is Yannick Sinner. Um, it should be, <clears throat> it should be Kyrgios, um, believe it or not. He should be cakewalking in this one to the semi. Um, but, uh, I just don't believe he's in form, and, and Goffin is the worst player to play right off the start. Um, however, you know, if Kyrgios is smart, he'll he'll try to do everything he can to get in through that match because Goffin's like a perennial sort of, uh, I'm not in it, I'm not feeling it, and, and he's almost more wishy-washy than Kyrgios. And if he can find his way through that and find his form, you know, yeah. Kyrgios will advance. But I think Sinner's the guy here. Um uh, and, and I know Taylor Fritz is in the section as well, but I don't like that Humphman first round. And I think Taylor's most vulnerable in the first round. Um, and I think that's a, that's a, a little bit of a tricky matchup there. Um, if he's not feeling it that day, it could be, could be difficult. Um, and then of course you've got Djokovic at the bottom. I don't even know if I need to talk about any of those. Obviously Bublik is just won a tournament. Or, I'm sorry, Rublev just won a tournament, um, and is looming and dangerous, but he's not taking Djokovic out. So... I've got Djokovic and Sinner, and I've got Djokovic advancing to the final there. Um, you know, and then the top I've got Medvedev and, and Alcaraz, and um, I don't know if Alcaraz will be there. That's that's my one wild card. Um, you know, but if he does yeah. get there, uh, I feel like um, I don't know. I don't feel like this is his time. I think Medvedev wins that match, um, and I think it's uh, Djokovic and Straits in the final and number twenty four, Nima. <laughs> and then we'll go to NYC next month to see what happens there. And we're going to do it all um, over again, but I think that's a whole different animal. Like that, if he, yeah, yeah, if he yeah. wins Not this... more even yeah. playing field. Yeah, sure. if he, if he wins Wimbledon... It's interesting. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. If he wins Wimbledon and he gets to the U.S. Open and wins it, not that he's not the greatest of all time anyway, but I think he's like stratospherically like greatest of the universe um, in all sports because... I don't know. There's so many. I think there's like if there's only three favorites for Wimbledon, I think at the U.S. Open, I legitimately come up with eight different scenarios where eight different players yes. could win the tournament. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a it's a different animal, and and let's see. I, I'm rooting for it. I want to see Djokovic win this one, um, only because I want to see what the heck is going to happen at the U.S. Open. For sure, um, it's interesting because both of us haven't talked about uh, Holger Rune, Rune. Yep. Um, so obviously he's playing amazing. He's coming in as the sixth ranked player in the world, unproven, hasn't really done much on grass in his career. Hungry guy. He's got a pretty good draw too, Parsa. Let's end off uh, with him. For me, it's just tough because I love the competitive nature that that he has, but I don't know if he has the experience yet on grass. Grass is, is tough. You know, you know, with Alcaraz, he doesn't have a lot of experience either, but he just won a tournament. So he's obviously getting better and better as the as the days go by. So for me, I think Holger needs a bit more time on the grass. Uh, and maybe obviously in the years to come, he's going to be top five player in the world, you know, and he's going to be right there. We've been talking about him for years. But this year, I still think he needs a little bit of seasoning before he gets with it. What are your closing thoughts on that? I, I, I don't have a great outlook on Rune. Um, I think your your attitude is your altitude. Um, and I don't like his attitude. Um, he's willing to work hard. He's willing to, 
to put in, you know, what, what it seems like is the necessary efforts to be a very, 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 very good tennis player? Is he willing to go to that unknown to be elite, to be a champion, to be great? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I see him, you know, I can see him winning a slam or two, but I, I don't see him as like a, a, a character guy. And I think guys like that, they, um, they make their splashes and sometimes their initial splash is their best splash, if that makes sense. And, um, you know, he's got all the, the physical attributes. Um, I find him to be very quick on, on many surfaces. I think grass is, he's a little bit of a heavy footed mover, powerful, but heavy footed mover. And I think that's more challenging on grass. You have to be more small steps and, and a little bit more curated in, in your approach on, mm -hmm. on a tennis court. And, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, if you ask me to buy or sell his stock, um, I'm going to hold and wait and see, but uh, it's not going to be here. I think he is a threat in New York um, on the hard court because he can get hot and rolling. But Again, like he plays, a, let's let's just play a scenario. Let's say he gets in the open, it's quarterfinals, he's playing Djokovic. Djokovic is going to keep him out there for five hours and 15 minutes, and, and Rune's not going to be able to do it. Um, he's mentally not going to be able to do it. Um, and that's the issue. And I don't know if he will have the capacity or capability of ever doing it. Um, you know, like you take someone with like a, an attitude altitude issue like Kyrgios, and why do you think that Kyrgios can put it through is because... Kyrgios can top level is pretty much better than anyone. He can physically take the racket out of your hands. Um, Rune can't. Rune still has to play. He has to think. He has to, you know, and and so does Kyrgios. But Kyrgios with his serve, it just he just can. You know, it's just possible where he could just take you out. Um, so I'm 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 not a a big believer in Rune. I, I think his attitude needs an adjustment. I think. Um, yeah, not not all the whining stuff that you read about, and everyone doesn't like his ad. I'm not even talking about that stuff. It's it's more why are you even allowing it to be a part of the conversation if you're this elite assassin killer, right? Like, why is that even? What do you even care? Like, who cares? Whatever anyone thinks about you, who cares? But he does care, and and he does try to justify his actions, and that's that sends in a, a, the wrong message for me. Um, if I'm his coaches, he needs someone that's that's really, um, that he trusts to get in there and be like, look, you know, you're no longer a baby. And it might be true that, you know, what people are saying about you is wrong and false and not fair, but who cares? Bring your lunch pail to work and get to work, shut your mouth, let your results speak and get at it. Um, there you go. Well said. And, uh, with those closing thoughts, uh, we'll see obviously how the the fortnight develops begins on monday um july 3rd uh djokovic will open up the event as usual with the defending men's champion so looking forward to that um so parsa thanks again for your time today parsa and i will be back uh for the u.s open which begins august 28th in flushing meadows new york so that's obviously the a very fun time of year for everybody including myself and Parsa, as we usually attend the event live. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow Parsa Sammy at Parsa Sammy on Instagram, myself at On Mars. You can follow Tennis Connected and, you know, be up to date with all the events that take place during Wimbledon through our website, through our social media platforms, as well as this podcast. Uh, again, Parsa, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you.
Thanks everybody out there for listening. Make sure to give us some feedback if you want to hear anything, you know, for us to say on the next podcast. And we will be back, uh, continuing to uh, cover Grand Slam tennis since 2008. Thanks again. Be good, and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye bye.